So Holden, I told you I was running a little late for the pod today because I got a call from my sister. Just wanted to talk, but she brings up, hey, I saw this really good movie. Have you seen it? What do you think she said? Like what movie? Yeah, what movie you think? Recent, last year. Oh, um, oh God. is it gonna? It's gonna. Is it gonna be Free Guy? <laughs> it is Free Guy. She's like, I saw Free Guy. It was so good, and I was like, I cannot, I cannot respect your movie opinion anymore. Just kidding, because then I would respect no one's film uh, opinions because we are still the only two people who did not like that movie, Holden. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I don't understand. Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows, in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Uthi. It's the week of the Batman, Holden. Here we go. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's hotly anticipated. Jimmy's number one movie, hotly anticipated movie of the year. Yes, it was my number one hotly, hotly, hotly number one hot movie anticipation of the year, as Holden said. That's our official uh, title for that episode. You should go back and change the episode. Yes, served up. Yes, the hot number one hotly anticipated movie of the year served hot for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But yeah, we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our review of, as we said, The Batman. That one movie podcast. But first, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. I suppose... Thomas Wayne? Thomas oh, Wayne. Yeah, we could do Thomas Wayne. You know what? I'd still give him a Brokaw. Okay. Thomas uh, Thomas Wayne gets a Brokaw from us. Sweet. The Toms. The Toms. The Toms. Toms is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms. Brokaw, Bombadil... <clears throat> Gosh, dang it. <laughs> Got a frog in my throat. Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Awesome, Holden. We got some trailers <laughs> this week. What, what are the, what's the first trailer we should talk about? All right, let's talk about The Bubble. The bubble. The bubble. The bubble. The bubble. I wanted to bring this one up mostly because it was, it's a, it's been a bit of a weird lead up to this trailer. I didn't know anything about the movie before this week, but I think it was very early in the week. Netflix released a movie for Cliff B6 or something like that. And they're, they were like playing it very earnestly it seemed like they're and like you had people online or like the actors in the movie that were like oh like new entry in the cliff beast franchise check out this trailer and everyone's like what what is this (laughs) like (laughs) no i've never heard of this before um but then it turned out it was actually just a fake trailer for this other movie that got a trailer later on in the week called the bubble I hope they exposed all the people who are like, oh, you haven't heard of Cliff Beasts 1 through 5? <laughs> They're excellent are, the excellent underrated films. Yeah, are you even like a movie fan? Like you haven't yeah. seen these? Um, 
but yeah, so the bubble, it's new Judd Apatow comedy uh, being made for Netflix. Um, but it's the premise seems to be that it's these people making a movie during the pandemic, essentially. And, and it's uh, kind of a little fun jab at the filmmaking during that, that fateful year of 2020. Um, what'd you think of the trailer, Jimmy? I think it looks like a good time. Uh, I don't think it'll be like a revolutionary, life-changing comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jed Apatow, you know, he's got a good track record. So I'm looking forward to this, and I'm hoping that Tom Cruise comes in during some, the movie and yells at everybody. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Got Pedro Pascal in it. He's just popping up in everything. Yeah, he is in everything <clears throat> these days. But, um, yeah, I don't know. looks funny. I mean, it looks like you'll get some funny shots with the movie because the movie CG is, like, very clearly bad, but that's kind of on purpose. Um, I like the... I, I You kind of get this at the end of the trailer, but I like the idea that the actors think they're trapped there or something and that maybe yeah. they're just too dumb, like, or whatever. I think that seems like a funny idea, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I hope they lean into the stupid... Yeah, yeah. So, which they probably will. I'll give it a Bergeron. Yeah, Bergeron for me too. We'll see. Um, comes out the same week as Morbius, so unfortunately we probably can't get to it on the podcast. But well, it's coming out on Netflix, Holden. That's true. It's true. We could just review that instead of Morbius. <sighs> we can't though. We've built up Morbius too much. We've made fun of it too much. We have Aww. to keep going. It was worth a shot. Yeah. Uh, but then the next trailer uh, was Bullet Train, which did you have on your most anticipated or was it an honorable mention? Uh, let me pull it up. I, I don't think it was on my most anticipated. It must have been an honorable mention. Okay. Because I like didn't know this movie existed, I think, before you brought it up on that episode. Um, but it's the new movie uh, directed by David Leitch. I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but he's the director of Deadpool 2. He did Atomic Blonde, and he was one of the two directors on the first John Wick movie. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it was an honorable mention for me, Okay, along okay. with like 20 other movies. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think this looks like it, again, lean into the stupid. Mm-hmm. This this movie it's got to lean into it. If it doesn't, I think it's going to be a swing in the miss. So I think know it, what I you think... are, know what you are. You got Brad Pitt with long hair being an action hero on a bullet train. Lean into that. I think I think this movie has a lot of great comedy potential. And honestly, I think the trailer plays into that a little bit. Let's hope it's just not editing for the trailer. But Brad Pitt's character, I mean, he's. He is, like, a skilled fighter, it seems, but he's also, like, not even close to the best at what he does, it seems like. <laughs> it's just kind of like he's he's doing a job and gets in over his head, essentially, um, and he's well aware of that. It's kind of the vibe I get from the trailer. Um, and so it plays into that. You have all of these eccentric personalities trying to get this briefcase, I think, on this train. Um, pretty big cast as well. Um good action it looks like which all those other movies i listed have good action as well um i don't know what do you think i think it has it has all the ingredients to be a great time at the theater Mm -hmm. we just got to see the execution and uh, i'm a sucker for good train action sequence so yeah yeah as we've stated that's jimmy's favorite form of action sequence (laughs) yes (laughs) 
Um, and the setting is also very is very vibrant and colorful, and in terms of that, it looks good. The train CG looks a little iffy, but I'm guessing this is more a low to mid budget movie. So, and I'm also just a, I'm a just a trains over planes kind of guy. You know, if I could take a train <laughs> to a place, I'd rather take a train than the plane. Really? Yeah. Okay. Trains over planes. I think the the only time I've taken trains was when we were in China, which Weren't was pretty they fun. Awesome. But- yeah, they're pretty cool. So much roomier than a plane. You don't feel like you could just fall out of the sky and die at any moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I uh, mean, I don't feel that way about a plane, but <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about. I feel like that on a train. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, that's the a plus for me. Is that? Oh, okay. Why is this train in the air? Where did the tracks go? Um. Yeah. So yeah, trains over planes. Trains broke out. A bullet train. Broca. Bullet trains in real life, Broca. Yeah, Broca's all around. I'll I'll agree with that. I apologize. My voice is uh is acting up this episode. I don't know. I must have a cold or something. But um yeah. So on to other news. Uh, a new alien movie is officially in the works. Um so Ridley Scott is back only in a producing role, which is probably for the best. The dude's like eighty <laughs> something <laughs> years old. He's still going at it. Yeah. Um but so the director's the writer and director is Fede Alvarez, um, who has directed the apparently surprisingly good Evil Dead remake from like twenty thirteen, uh, and Don't Breathe, the first one, not the second one. Um and he produced that new Texas Chainsaw movie, but I don't think he really had a big hand in that. Um, but apparently uh, 20th Century Studios only greenlit this movie due to the strength of the pitch from the director, the writer-director. So this guy's like, he's a big fan of the Alien movies. And uh, apparently it has a, a, quote, really good story and characters we've never seen before. Um, the film's going to debut on Hulu, and it's basically unconnected to previous films aside from being set in that universe. Um, interesting. I have only seen Alien and Aliens. I have not seen Alien Three, Prometheus, mm. and Alien Covenant. And Alien the, Resurrection. And Alien. <laughs> is it the Terminator movie or is it an <laughs> Alien movie? Let's play the game. Um, <laughs> uh. Which resurrection? What did that one? That's come the out? fourth one that came out late nineties, I think. That's okay. the one that I don't think Joss Wheaton directed, but he like wrote it or something. I don't know. It's like weird. It does still have Sigourney Weaver. I think Ron Perlman's in it too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is it Joss Whedon or Joss Wheaton? I, I think it's Whedon, but I don't know. Whatever. What you with a D? Yeah, with a D. I think because you that. definitely said Wheaton. I know I did. That's how I normally pronounce it. But I yeah, I'm, it's I'm acknowledging that I normally pronounce it incorrectly. It's like my dad when he's like, "Oh, they're playing the the tennis stars are playing Wimbledon." Like dad, it's Wimbledon. <laughs> Say words correctly. Um, uh, Alien. I, you know, interesting universe. I've only seen the two good ones. Mm-hmm. So, I, th- I people liked Covenant enough, right? It's I feel like I feel like people are harsher on it now than they were. But I think the opposite is for Prometheus. I think people like Prometheus now more than they did when it first came out. I don't know. 
both of those movies are like okay i've i've only seen both of them once um both have some really stupid stuff both have some really cool stuff you know what ridley scott movie I'll just give it a Broca. Why not? Yeah, Broca. They're doing the requel. So if it's completely different, they can kind of start from scratch. It's a cool universe. Someone will have a big alien on their face. I like that it's going to be on Hulu, so then I can watch it at home. Uh, and uh, the director, writer seems passionate about it, which is always good. So, I mean, the same okay. thing happened for Spiral. So, and that movie. That is true. <laughs> okay. So, we'll see. Okay. Um, so, briefly talked about Craven the Hunter last week. Some more casting for that movie. Um, Alessandro Nivala is cast in a mystery role, thought to be the villain. Apparently, he was in that Mini Saints of Newark movie from last year, but I'm not familiar with his work outside of that. Um, and Ariana DeBose recently nominated for an Oscar for West Side Story, uh, which we saw and enjoyed. Uh, she's joining as Calypso. Uh, apparently Calypso is a uh, sometimes love interest for Craven and also acts as a Spider-Man villain in the comics. Alrighty, Bergeron for me. I don't, I feel yeah. like I don't know enough about that. Also, I'll say Brokaw for the alien thing because I don't know if I rated it. I think we did. I think we said Brokaw. But, uh, yeah, Bergeron this as well um this this bit was weird um do you ever see i am legend uh-huh uh so they're making a sequel <laughs> to it <laughs> that grenade didn't kill me <laughs> well the, okay so are you familiar that it has like two endings yes it has uh, like an alternate ending yeah um i've never seen it uh but i am that's like the only thing i know about that movie is that it has an alternate ending doesn't the dog like get to live in one of the alternate endings or something i don't, I don't know i, I feel like remember. will smith lives in the alternate ending or something i don't know i don't i can't remember i don't know i think the yeah i don't know whatever they're making a sequel to it uh will smith is returning so apparently he didn't die <laughs> Or they're using the alternate ending or something. Who knows? Uh, but Michael B. Jordan is also joining him in this sequel. Uh, and apparently they don't have a director attached, but Akiva Goldsman is working on the script. Someone who I'm not familiar with. Um, what do you think of an I Am Legend 2? I've never seen this movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I Am 2 Legend. <laughs> 2 and um. 2 Legend. <laughs> um... You know, I Am Legend was very influential. It was kind of the... I mean, it's based off of what, a short story or a short novel, something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? it's from like um, the 50s or something because there was an old movie based on the story. But I Am Legend, I want to say, was like the first one to like really legitimize zombies in a kind of a more serious sense in the mainstream media. I mean, you had like Walking Dead earlier in comic versions, but like I don't think the Walking Dead show existed well, yet. I, the When did... um. 28 days later come out because i think that's the one that's okay easily- yeah no that, that makes sense yeah i think so but yeah i am legend was right around then and i do think it is pretty influential um i i have not seen it in a long time so it's been 10 years since i've seen it uh i it was good i think <laughs> it, I just, it just he blows up at the end sorry yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> so I think it would be way um, more interesting to go from that ending than from the the other ending that people actually like. My guess is that they're gonna go from that alternate ending because I genuinely from what I generally from what I've heard, like people seem to enjoy that one more. So I don't know. The alternate ending? Yeah, the alternate ending. Because I think that's I forgive me if I if I'm incorrect anyone listening who's a big I am legend fan but I think the alternate ending like like humanizes the 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 zombie things or something like makes them turns out that they're like good or something or they're just like fending for themselves or something yeah, t- and then turns out the humans are the monsters uh, yeah I don't know if it's something like that but <laughs> apparently people like that one more but I could be wrong I- I honestly don't remember that much about it. I want to say the zombies are a little bit smarter or something. I, I don't remember. I really don't remember. So <laughs> I am not the person to be talking about this. I just remember we had it on DVD back in the day. So uh, I'll say Broca. Why not? Sure. <laughs> I'll say Bergeron because I've never seen the first one. But I want Tom Cruise to come in in the middle of the movie and just start yelling at everybody. <laughs> I want that to be the new trope. Yeah. Um, okay, so hot off of Matt Reeves' opening weekend success. Um, this actually doesn't really have to do with Matt Reeves, but um, it's a new Planet of the Apes movie is being made. Apparently this has been announced for a while, but this I saw this and I was surprised by it. Um, apparently it's going to be directed by Wes Ball, um, who made the Maze Runner movies? Great. Um, he'll and it'll apparently start shooting by late summer, early fall, according to the president of twentieth century studios. It's kind of unknown what characters and whatnot will return from War of the Planet of the Apes. Um, war for the planet. War for the planet. War for the planet. Maybe. War four and seven <laughs> years ago. I think there's also like one of the '60s movies that has a very similar title. It's like war. One is War of the Planet of the Apes, and war one is War for the Planet of the Apes. I think maybe this one be, be like the lady across the street from the woman in the window of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever. Um, I think this sounds. I mean, I feel like people liked that final movie. So why and was supposed to be the conclusion right i haven't seen them yeah i mean they leave it so like more things could happen but like the main plot line is basically finished by that so i don't know i think they should have just left it with that one matt reeves talented director this guy he made the maze runner movies so i don't know (laughs) i didn't see that either um when did War for the Planet of the Apes come out? Like 2015? 2017, I think. 2017. Yeah. Um, That seems like a long time in between movies for... I don't know. I don't think that those movies did... They did all right, but they weren't like blockbusters, were they? Yeah. I think all... Well, they, they would all have like pretty big budgets and then make like 700, 800 million, something like that. Oh, that's more than I thought they made. I could be wrong, but I think that's about right. Holman's just pulling numbers out of his butt. <laughs> I have not seen the Maze Runner movies. I read the first book. I don't remember it at all. I have not seen the Matt Reeves Planet of the Apes movies or the first one. So I have nothing to say about this, but it sounds <laughs> like a bad idea. So I'm going to go Bergeron leaning Bombadil. I'll go Bombadil for this. Just leave it be. 
20th century studios otherwise known as disney yeah um apparently paramount is making a harry houdini film uh it's going to be written by neil widener and gavin james who i've never heard of it but apparently they're also making a live action beyblade movie Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, but apparently this Harry Houdini movie is going to have a similar tone uh, to the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies. Okay. I mean, but Harry Houdini was an actual guy. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought when I read that. I'm like, well, Sherlock Holmes is a fictional character. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think Harry Houdini is a pretty interesting guy. I just, it's not going to be a biopic then i don't know yeah i don't know i mean maybe they could do a biopic but just have it be weird whimsical <laughs> lots <laughs> of slow Holmes. motion yeah lots of slow-mo get, get a good han zimmer score going yeah i'll go bergeron on this one i think yeah bergeron's fine with me too um my last piece of news which i touched on a little bit with you jimmy uh but apparently amc is starting up some variable movie ticket prices uh with the batman um and the batman is going to cost more than other movies and the increases kind of vary per theater but an a- the average i was seeing was around like three dollars more at most movie theaters to see the batman what do you think about variable movie ticket prices jimmy um I don't know. I don't want to get charged more for a movie, I guess. I I also don't want theaters to go away, so I don't know enough about the economics of it. I mean, if it if it's a thing where I'm going to get charged less for going to a different movie, maybe it all comes out in the wash, you know, evens out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you're just going to charge the same rate for every other movie, then I'm like, eh, I don't know. I, I don't like it because as a consumer, that hurts me mm-hmm. but and i want theaters to also survive so we'll see i'll i what do you think yeah i uh i mean obviously that's not really affecting us yet because neither sioux falls nor lincoln have amc theaters omaha does if i ever want to go stop at a movie on my way home to lincoln <laughs> that'll be that way but um yeah i don't know it's probably a Bergeron I yeah I guess you're kind of right that we don't really know the economics of it and if they do that thing where like the like you said the certain movies will cost less then I guess I don't really mind too much but my guess is that's not how it's gonna work I'm being very cynical here or maybe if it's a thing hey you charge more on the weekends but then like Monday through Wednesday tickets are gonna be cheaper all three of those days or something like that you know what I'm saying like you had the one discount night usually here it's on Tuesdays. If you could yeah. just like make more discount nights, I guess. Yeah, then maybe that could that could work out. Too bad we never see movies on those days. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'll go Bergeron. We'll see. Just don't don't charge me five dollars extra for a ticket, and then yeah. have the just the same theater experience. Yeah, exactly. Um, any gaming stuff, Jimmy? Well, I just know that uh, that Star Wars Eclipse game is just <laughs> in development hell right now, I guess. Really? Um, so apparently Quantic Dream made that trailer without really making anything for the game yet. <laughs> it was kind of like, here's what you could work on if you come work for us. But nobody wants to work for them because apparently they're not a great company. Mm-hmm. At least they're 
the head guy, whatever, something Cage. Yeah, David Cage, I think. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> um is just not the best person. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. Apparently they did not have a good work environment and the release window for that game is 2027 to 2028, <laughs> which they showed a trailer for it last year. What are you doing? Um, I guess the last time a company did something like that was for Cyberpunk 2077. So um, it's too bad because it looked like a cool concept and it probably will either never happen or not be anywhere remotely close to that quality i'm so. guessing it's never gonna happen but we'll see <laughs> yeah i would say if you're yeah they're not getting anybody who wants to work there so they can't actually make it so i'm gonna say bombadil for that one yeah bombadil for me too um anything I else i think that's it for the gaming stuff all right well <clears throat> gosh this my throat's killing me i don't um, know if we talked about the they showed the playstation vr 2 headset uh, that was probably last week Oh, I don't yeah. think we ever talked about it. It looks like it looks like the PlayStation VR now, I guess. I it's was going to say, light. it looked the same to me. but It looks similar. I actually like the current one a little bit better, but like I understand you have to have cameras on the outside. I think it looks pretty solid. Uh, the, it's nice because there's no battery pack or anything in the PSVR since mm-hmm. it's wired in, so it's nice and light and comfy. And... Uh, yeah, I guess uh, that's all I have to say about that. So what were you going to say, Holden? I was just going to say, we're going to go on, talk about the Batman in a spoiler-free review. Uh, but in the in the second, I'm going to go get some water. Um, so Jimmy's going to have to cut out a little bit of time. But. Oh, gosh. Cutting <laughs> out time. Editing. Can't wait to give you this hotly anticipated hot number one movie review of the Batman served hot while Holden has a cold. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, Holden. This is our non-spoiler review of The Batman. Yep. Uh, the Batman, directed by Matt Reeves, um, who we brief we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier because he's most well-known for directing Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War for the Planet of the Apes, <laughs> if that's the title. I think it's um, War for the Animal. The, war for the Planet <laughs> of the Apes. War for the Animal. Um. Yeah. Uh, Ape do war things. <laughs> I believe is the official title. Um. But yeah. Uh. Reboot of Batman. Yet another one. This one starring Robert Pattinson. Um. The trailers had looked very promising. Got Jimmy very excited. Also got me very excited. Um. Little premise, I guess. Uh. It's Batman. So you you know Batman, uh, but he's chasing a serial killer uh, known as the Riddler. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's about it. <laughs> great. Wow, what a great synopsis for this movie. Um, yeah, Batman. He's been around for two years. Um, he's they established that the pretty well what the kind of the situation is at the beginning of the movie. We have the Riddler. He's he's kind of this this anonymous force trying to expose all this corruption within the city through violence and through kind of viral social media kind of campaigns and things like that. And he kind of uncovers this whole network of corruption within the 
Gotham City and its scum and villainy. Uh, yeah, and that's kind of the atmosphere of this very noir, slow burn, investigative Batman thriller. Yeah. That has moments of action, but uh, definitely more the detective, the world's greatest detective in this film. Yeah. yeah. So it's heavily influenced by some some comic runs, The Long Halloween, Batman Year One, other others like that, and the animated series as well as the Arkham games. You can see a lot of those influences in this film. And if you like that interpretation of Batman, which personally is my favorite interpretation of the character, you're probably going to enjoy this long, nearly three-hour movie. Yeah. It's um, just kind of my general thoughts, I guess. Uh, it's very good, but I wouldn't say it's great, honestly. Um, I, there's there's certain aspects to this that are really, really good, and certain aspects that I think are better than any other Batman movie. But I just think there's certain bits to this that I just don't really enjoy, and some things that I don't like that other people do. So I think it's more of a matter of like a personal taste kind of thing. I don't know, like, but I don't know. I think I think it's a very good movie. What do you think, Jimmy? Um, I think it is a great movie. I would it's so uh, kind of just the comparison game. All right, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about more specific non-spoiler things in a second. But comparison for me, it is my third favorite Batman movie behind The Dark Knight and Batman Begins. Now, if you know me, saying it's third, that's not like a a knock on it. Batman Begins and The Dark Knight are two of my favorite movies ever. (laughs) (laughs) And both of them, at some time or another, have been my favorite movie. So um, that's that's not a surprise that it ranks third amongst my my favorite Batman movies. I think this is the best live-action adaptation of the character of Batman. And yeah. of Gotham City, I would yeah. say. And a lot of the characters, honestly. The Riddler. Um, yeah, um, it's... Uh, I mean, it's start at Batman, for sure. Um, it, I agree. Totally the best incarnation of the Batman character. Um, for multiple reasons. I mean, you have the fact that, as you said, this is a more investigative movie. So you have that detective side of Batman, which we, we really haven't got a great amount in any of the live action Batman movies yet. There's um, a little bit in the Dark Knight. He has some yeah. kind of forensic stuff. He's analyzing the bullet charts and all this and recreating things, but not to the extent of this film, certainly. Y- yeah, because this is a lot more of a noir film, as you said. There's a lot more slow burn aspects to it of him just investigating crime scenes, of him working with Jim Gordon um, and on all these cases and whatnot, um, which is awesome. It is awesome. And as you said, Gotham City, a very large and looming intimidating seems very gross <laughs> like i think that's what people like about good gotham city and like uh, uh gotham cities and movies and stuff is when they're gross <laughs> which this one is very it feels like there could be a lot of crime here um i just loved the architect it was kind of like that the tim burton's inspired architecture in a real more realistic setting mm-hmm. like it seemed like a it's kind of like a, a city that was once like the bustling metropolis of the world and like the edge of the future mm-hmm. you know 
and then it kind of just got stuck there <laughs> and didn't progress beyond that point and and it kind of all fell apart kind of like a rapture in bioshock or something where it was like oh here's this glorious thing and now it's this you know, yeah pit oh, of I, corruption i i'm sorry i'm jumping around i uh i realized i didn't give my ranking with other batman movies i i don't know if i like batman 89 more than this one or not i have batman 89 is a lot of style over substance but i love that style so much in that movie so and the, i i think the performances in that are really good so I don't know where that ranks for me. Um, so it's either third or fourth for me. But I also have Dark Knight and Batman Begins in my top two as well. Which one do you like more of those two? Uh, Dark Knight. Okay. Um, yeah, I like the feel of Gotham City in this. It is, you know, I you actually get a good sense of Gotham City and Batman Begins too. And you kind of lose that in the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises, which is too bad. Mm-hmm. Um but not to talk about those movies. I, I just kind of the point of this interpretation of Batman is spot on. I mean, like Batman, this is the most Batman Batman has been mm-hmm. in a live action movie. I totally agree. Yeah, it's I mean, he's intimidating. He's brutal. He is. I mean, he's just got all of the trademarks of the Batman character that I like uh, personally. And I mean, that could change for other people. If you like the campy Batman more, this is obviously not that this is the, the very serious um, like Gotham fears him kind of Batman. Um, But yeah. Um, And I thought Robert Pattinson in the bat suit under the cowl, was the best live live action Batman. I thought he yeah. just he 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 was perfect for the role. His his use of silence and his the way he carried himself, his action, how he spoke, it was all so believable in this world and it was so Batman. He wasn't, you know, how Kevin Connery doesn't really change his voice when he does the Batman voice. Mhm. Robert Pattinson changed his voice, but it wasn't like, where's Rachel? Yeah, it wasn't, you know. it wasn't Christian Bale. <laughs> it was it's such a believable uh, thing. His his performance was just, it fit the world perfectly. It nailed that animated series sort of feel, Arkham feel. And he, I think he was just amazing. I thought he really did a good job. There's not enough Bruce Wayne in the movie. Um, and there's not enough of a difference between Bruce Wayne and Batman at his in th- at this point in his character arc for me to say what his performance like was as what his performance was like as Bruce Wayne I don't feel like we have enough to judge him on that oh see I was going to judge him on it <laughs> um but I would say <laughs> under the cowl Robert Pattinson was unbelievable he <clears throat> nailed it I I just cannot uh he he just was the epitome of the role. He just was Batman. I quit thinking of him as Robert Pattinson playing Batman during the movie when he was under the cowl. Yep. Yeah. Um, as Bruce Wayne, though, for me personally, I think this is maybe the worst live action Bruce Wayne we've had. I Okay. I mean, I guess I can't remember like Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, Bruce Wayne that much in those movies. Uh, but in, in regards to the other ones, I... I just I talked to you about this after the movie. I feel like we just have not even though I think this is the best Batman we've had. I don't think we've had the great balance of Batman and Bruce Wayne, the great dichotomy between the two um that like the animated series has. And you mentioned the animated series earlier, but my 
maybe this is more of a preference, but I what I love about Batman in that is how he is, you know, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. He's very friendly, genu- and he, like, genuinely cares about people outside of the mask, too. And in some ways, it's, like, this perfect facade for, like, Batman who is a lot more of a vigilante, a lot more violent, and you would never expect this, you know, nice man in the public eye who's, you know, doing all these good things to be, like, risk his image by doing that. And I just, like, we haven't got that, because on almost every Bruce Wayne performance in live action, he's just, like, mopey and sad, and he's ultra mopey in this movie. Like, I, to me, any reasonable person would find out that this Bruce Wayne is Batman. Because <laughs> he just, like, he hides in the shadows, he never makes public appearances. Clearly, Batman has a lot of money for his, like, outfit and his, like, fancy Batmobile and stuff. Like, it just, it is so clear to me that this Bruce Wayne is Batman. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, this Batman doesn't seem incredibly rich to me like i don't think you would know that if you just saw ran into him because it's not like his i don't know i i just i would disagree with that that he you would be able to tell um i will say here in defense of the movie i think where the character is at there's not a there's like i don't think bruce wayne has identified who bruce wayne is yet i think he only is batman as a character at this point like he hasn't been able to create the dichotomy yeah Um, so that's what i would argue and he uses bruce wayne basically just as a tool to get him into certain situations which is a very batman thing to do like here's my here's my like tool my utility belt for this situation except literally just appearing as bruce wayne is the tool he's using i just i yeah i and i agree with that because i mean I think that is a somewhat interesting theme in this movie and other Batman, you know, media is, is he, is he bat or is he, is there a Bruce Wayne outside of Batman, essentially that kind of whole idea. But I at the same time, like, especially this Bruce Wayne and Batman, he seems, he's very intelligent. And so I just, to me, it seems weird that there's no like thought there of like, of like keeping that cover up. And I get that it, there it is this whole emotional thing as well, but it seems like there's just literally no attempt, which to me doesn't make a ton of a sense. I would rather see it be like an unsuccessful attempt or something. Yeah, I I, I also think you just didn't have much time for it mm-hmm. <laughs> in the movie. Like that's it's true. Like yeah. I don't know what you would take out of like I don't know what you'd take out in order to insert that or or how you would do that because the movie is so vast in its scale. Mm-hmm. Um, which is maybe a, a issue I have with the movie itself, but um, yeah, I thought I would just kind of boil down to say Robert Pattinson was incredible mm-hmm. in the cow. Um, uh, pretty other much, things I what oh, were you gonna I was, say? I was just gonna say pretty much all the performances in this are pretty good. Um, I think Paul Dano as Riddler, very good. Um, won't get into that too much outside of spoilers, I don't think, but a very fun take, unique take on the character. Um, then Jeffrey Wright as Jim Gordon stood out a lot more to me than I thought he would. Like I, this is probably the best Jim Gordon in my eyes, but I think he also has like the most screen time probably. 
Does he have more than Gary Oldman in the Dark Knight movie? Like, Dark Knight? Oh, man, Gary Oldman is heavily involved in the Dark Knight, especially. That's true. Um, I think I like this one it, more than Gary Oldman. Not that I don't like Gary Oldman in the Dark Knight, but I just I th- I think I enjoy this. He's he's a younger Jim Gordon. He's like a he is a very close partner to Batman and sticking up for him and stuff. I kind of like the whole police angle in this. I really, I, I think one of the, the biggest pleasant surprises for me of the movie was the relationship and the chemistry between Batman and, and Gordon. Yeah. I thought it, it was almost buddy cop at times. And I mm-hmm. thought the, the, the humor that was in there fit the most naturally of the humor in the movie, which there's not a, not a lot of kind of similar to Batman Begins where there's kind of a couple one liners and stuff. And I think I thought that worked really well between Batman and, and Jim Gordon lieutenant whatever he is at this point um i i really liked their relationship i like how they were very much on the same side Mm -hmm. uh, for a lot of this movie even uh you know even though a lot of the other cops were not i think it's a lot less adversarial as it is in like batman begins with the dark knight even though they're usually working together on the same side of those things um this is just a lot there's a lot less conflict just between them and they're actually just trying to do it together yeah like yeah. batman really keeps them in the loop gordon keeps him and keeps batman in the loop um i really liked their dynamic and i would like to see that play out even more yeah and i like the police's relationship with batman too like i mean you get that in a lot of batman media where the rest of the police doesn't trust batman but jim kind of vouches for him and whatnot and lets him in but i think there's a lot of that in this movie where like Jim is clearly letting Batman into places where he probably should not be. And the rest <laughs> of the police force is like, Hey, you shouldn't be doing that. And it, it kind of builds up to this moment later in the movie that I think is, is really great for the two of them. Um, but that'll be a spoiler discussion. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Uh, I thought, um, uh, Andy Serkis as Alfred was good. It didn't get as much as him as much of him as I thought we were going to. Yeah, yeah. Definitely more of a focus on the Gordon Batman relationship, which worked really well. So no complaints there. Um, like you said, Paul, it's apparently Dano. I keep hearing Dano. Yeah, yeah you're probably press right. Circuit. I like Dano, but I think Paul Dano spelled, sounds better. But Paul Dano, uh, I, he was terrific um, as the Riddler. Um, they, I think that interpretation of that character was awesome, mm-hmm. and, and something fun. I had personally wanted to see for a long time. And for, ever since I saw Saw, I was like, they need to make the Riddler like this. And and I was giddy when I saw a few things that looked like they were just taken right out of the Saw movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they just raided the prop warehouse for the Saw franchise and used some of them in this movie at times. Um, so I really, I thought they they mixed kind of that zodiac um with the jigsaw killer kind of threw it all together in a way that was very entertaining throw in some of that joker from the dark knight too i thought Mm -hmm. it was really really effective as the antagonist and honestly the parts that i liked the least of this movie were the were the kind of the large swaths of time that the riddler was not involved in what was yeah yeah because there's a um, big chunk of time in the second act, I believe, that he's really not a big part of the movie. Yeah. But uh, 
other things that we um, we should talk about here. Zoe so Kravitz. Yeah, Zoe as Catwoman. Kyle. Yeah. yeah, as Selena Kyle, Catwoman. She was great. I think they nailed that dynamic between them. You you know the her and Batman kind of teaming up in this investigation mm-hmm. was good. I thought it was pretty remarkable that they were able to develop that relationship and the Gordon uh, Batman relationship, and to some extent the Alfred Bruce Wayne relationship. Oh, yeah. That's they, why they needed the three hour runtime. <laughs> it was pretty incredible that they could develop all those relationships as much as they did in one movie. So, mm-hmm. and. I guess the other big performer we haven't talked about is Colin Farrell as Penguin, who whose role I I know you're not a huge fan of, and I I kind of agree that he's not really necessary in this movie, but I think the performance is very good. Like I'm not unhappy he's here. I just don't. I'm not as hot on him as everybody else is. I thought it was like I don't think it was a bad performance, but I he he didn't. He wasn't a scene stealer for me. I just thought it was kind of one too many people. There were so many people in this that I felt like you needed to start taking away some pieces. Because mm-hmm. even if you read the synopsis for this movie, you're like, what the heck? Like I've seen this movie and trying to reread the synopsis is confusing. Like there's so <laughs> many people involved. There's so many different things that happen. Um this is one of the. This is a move. The first movie in a while that I haven't felt the need to go back and read the synopsis because I feel like I just it's like memorable enough to me that I remember it v- just very very vividly. So I don't know. Um, I think there's a lot of little things that happen in between bigger things, though. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um. It also feels like a some at times it feels like a bunch of different movies mixed into one. Um. And uh, not necessarily a bad thing. I, it just wasn't as focused and as tightly written as Batman Begins or The Dark Knight. So yeah, yeah. From I that certain point, it's not as good of a movie as those two movies, but it is very much a great at. It was. It is the best adaptation of Batman. It's just not the best Batman film. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um. Talk about the visuals. I think the cinematography in this is very, very good. Um, it's gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, we kind of got that from the trailers. That was one of the things I was very excited for based on what we saw in those in, in the trailers. But it is a gorgeous film. Most of it takes place at night. A lot of it is raining, which is, you know, what we love about Gotham City. It's always night. It's always raining. Um, there is but, not a single, like, just daytime scene. Yeah, there is. Oh, I guess yeah. No, never mind. There's one daytime scene. <laughs> there's like yeah, there's like one daytime scene. But um yeah, the the large majority of it majority of it is at night. And even that daytime scene, it's just overcast and it and looks you're inside, miserable out. You're inside at a place that doesn't have any like lights. So it's just dark in there. So. Yeah, yeah. Um but the the things they do with like different types of lights in this like there's so many just like random sources of light that they use it it gives each scene like a very unique feel to it um and it all looks so good i was honestly like if you had told me that a movie like this just all takes place at nighttime i would kind of be like oh great it's just gonna be dark but i i did not notice it for most of the runtime it's not like it was like too dark to see or anything it was just 
that's just what Batman is to me. It's Gotham at night. So it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. The cinematography was great. Yeah. Um. The I th- the costume grew on me so much too. Like when they first revealed the costume, I was like, I don't know about this. I th- it was terrific. I it th- I loved it by the end of the movie. It just fit the world so well. Just seeing it in action was great. Mm-hmm. It was very believable. A lot of those things are grounded. Like I said, like the nice thing about the Dark Knight is a lot of it's grounded in that reality. This movie is grounded in this reality too. They they just nailed everything. Yeah, I would say this is even more grounded than the Dark Knight movies. Like, I feel like there there's still some elements in those movies that are just... I mean, not that there aren't silly elements in this, but there's just things in those movies that are, like, unrealistic. But this movie feels like a lot of it could maybe happen if you had a, a rich billionaire with a bat suit. <laughs> yeah. Um... Other things we want to talk about non-spoiler-wise. I mean, I, th- I also love the music. Um, I think I, it's okay. Um, I was not won over by it. I and I don't think it's a bad score by any means, but to me it did not live up to Hans Zimmer's scores from the Dark Knight movies or even Danny Elfman's from the 80s. Uh, I would disagree. I, I actually like it better than Hans Zimmer's score, I think, for the Dark Knight personally i i thought it it captured the dark brooding nature of batman but also the optimistic tone that the film takes at certain times i mean i for me i'm like i and i i kind of want to i do want to rewatch this movie at some point but i just don't really remember most of the music aside from the main theme and even then i think the main theme is kind of overused in this like I kind of I don't know I feel like they used it a bit too much but okay Holden <laughs> whatever I I was very tempted to see this movie again last night and it just it just didn't I was on the fence I was like do I just go by myself it's gonna be like a three and a half four hour commitment to go to this thing yeah uh, the nice thing the, about our showing is there were no trailers so it was like three hours and we're out of there but yeah that was nice yeah I um if you like Batman at all, this is a must-see. I just think this is the must-see movie of the the month, at the very least. You gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go see what this is. Yeah, that's I what I would say. You got. If you like Batman, you gotta see this movie because it is the epitome of Batman. Anything else to say, non-spoiler wise, Holden? Uh. No, I don't think so. Let's get into some spoilers after we give our ratings. What's your rating, Jimmy? Okay, I really think I need to see this film a second time. So my rating could change in the future. I am going eight and a half out of ten. Okay. I think. Just because I think that the movie, not necessarily like a complicated movie is a bad thing. It's just not as focused from upon the first viewing as I think some other really good movies are, like The Dark Knight. And so I'm going 8.5 out of 10. But in terms of the Batman aesthetic, the interpretation of Batman, phenomenal. 9.5, 10 out of 10. That is That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't see my score going down, but I could see it going up upon a rewatch. Yeah. Um, I'm going 7.5, I think, for this one. Yeah, feel pretty solid there. Very good movie. <laughs> 
Oh, Holden. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think it was a better movie than that. Darn it. <laughs> well, clearly you gave it eight and a half. Yeah, I think uh, you're wrong. <laughs> I think you're misguided. I, see, one. honestly, I'm surprised because post seeing the movie, I thought you were more negative about it than I was even. So has this movie just sat really well with you? I, it, it has. I've okay. thought about it a lot. Okay. And when we first saw it, I was like, well, I don't. I don't really feel like rewatching that anytime soon just because it was not that I wasn't didn't enjoy it the whole three hours. I enjoyed the whole time, mm-hmm. um, but it did feel like a long movie regardless. Um, but now I'm like, I really do want to rewatch it. So I don't I just yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I really liked it, Holden. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it's just going to age well with time. Yeah. And rewatches. So, I'm just saying you're gonna have to bump up your score when we go see it again, okay? <laughs> I Buffle. if I bu- I I wouldn't be surprised if I bump it up seeing it again. I do want to rewatch it, but I'll probably wait until it's like on HBO Max or something because I don't really want to sit in a, a theater for three hours again. But just so we're clear, you think Spider-Man No Way Home is a definitively better movie? Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, I don't know. I'm just that I, I like my scores are mixed with personal preference and and what I think like how I think the movie actually is. So I don't know. I think I I like that movie more. I don't think it's necessarily a better movie though. Okay. All right, Holden, let's dive into spoilers. Yes. <laughs> All right, spoilers for the Batman. Last um, chance. Uh, time codes are in the description if you want to jump over this to what are you doing, our famous final segment of the show. Uh, before we do that, Holden, let's talk about Batman spoilers. Mm-hmm. I did not realize that they only say the Batman like once in this movie. I don't know if that's true. I heard that, but I feel like that's not true. Are you sure? Yeah. I don't know, man. I I cannot think of another time that they say it. Um, I do want to say that the... So the trailer that I saw that I didn't want you to see, that I said I wish I wouldn't have seen, was actually like a... It was not... It did not play out the way they made it look like in the trailer. So in the trailer, it, it makes it seem that the Riddler finds out that Batman's identity is Bruce Wayne. Okay. And I was like, oh, if that happens in the movie, I didn't want to know that before the movie. Um, but he doesn't in the movie. He just says Bruce Wayne's like the only person we didn't get to, but everybody else. So just a little interesting red herring in the trailer that didn't actually turn out to be a spoiler. Interesting. Um, yeah, I guess where do we want to start with this? Uh, there's a lot to unpack in this movie. What about the opening scene with the Oh yeah. Okay. I totally that, thought I totally thought Batman's parents were gonna get killed again. I was like, okay, I'm we're gonna so watch glad this. they didn't. I am too. <laughs> like, I think th- that is. I should have mentioned that in non-spoilers because I don't. That's not. I wouldn't consider that a spoiler. But the fact that we don't see that happen for like the first time in like any Batman reboot, it's so nice. Um, yeah. like we get it. They died. Batman's <laughs> sad about it whatever move on man happened like 20 years ago um but yeah it uh the opening scene 
is very good. Um, quite a unique way to start out this movie. Uh, not at all what I was expecting. Um, it's, our, our theater had some audio issues when the movie started uh, with the little preview thing that happened. I don't know what like the cast was talking at us for like 30 seconds before the movie started. And I don't know what they were saying because the audio was not playing. And so initially when this movie started, I was like, oh no, there's going to be audio issues. And then it starts with like some random song, like some lighthearted song that plays over the, the title. I was like, this seems weird. So I don't know if this is an audio issue or not. But no, it's just part of the scene. The scene worked out fine. Um, but very cool. I like the Riddler. I like the Riddler's introduction in that scene. What do you think of it, Jimmy? I thought it was really good. I I loved the Riddler in this movie, honestly. I thought, I you know, I think he was a little over the top at times. But yeah, it's like it, he didn't... He, didn't complete i mean you have like jim carrey's like performance in the 90s which is aside from the 60s batman is really the only live action riddler we've had um and that one's very over the top and in some ways you can see a little bit of that influence at least in the performance i mean it's not as campy as that but paul paul dano is is heating it up some <laughs> going crazy um to be fair, the character is over the top in yeah, a lot of things. I, it it wasn't like bad. I just personally, I think I would have dialed back the just complete insanity of the character just a hair. Um, during the parts when he's just so like his videos when he's just yelling the whole time, like and just going completely off his rocker, almost in a Joker sort of way. I would have mm-hmm. toned that back just a little bit. But I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Overall, I thought it was such a great interpretation of the character, the mind games, the just brutality of the the killers. Because he is not an imposing person. No. But his costume was excellent. It was so good. The breathing was such a great choice. Uh, Turns out Paul Dano really couldn't breathe in that thing anyway. So, (laughs) like, (laughs) it was really hot and uncomfortable. So I just loved how, like, just the... And it wasn't like Michael Myers breathing. It was different. So it was like its own thing. I thought that was great. I loved it. I loved how he was just lurking in the shadows with that politician running for mayor. Um, Just for it to start on Halloween, I thought that was great. You get the introduction of Batman just beating the crap out of that guy. and um, Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was visually it set up Gotham City so well. A really strong start. In fact, the first act of this movie might have been my favorite part of the entire movie. Yeah, honestly. I think that might be the strongest act. Because, um, yeah, you do have the Riddler set up. You get a lot of the Riddler like kills and various riddles set up in that time. Um, Bat- a lot of Batman and Jim Gordon. All these things that we've talked about that are like the strongest parts of the movie. You get a lot of that at the beginning. Um, the setup of, of Catwoman and all of that. Um, I yeah. loved the, um, just all the different, just Batman's investigation. I just loved how he was using the contacts to record everything he see he saw. I don't know if that's something that's existed in other Batman mediums, but I thought that was a great, great idea. Mm-hmm. If they came up with it or if they borrowed it, just to 
that would be something Batman would do. Replay everything, have this journal, be so entrenched in this, everything that's happened, so meticulous, paying attention to all those details. I thought that was a really a cool thing. I liked how the Riddler had this, you know, twisted sense of humor with mm-hmm. the thumb drive. That was a yeah. great <laughs> little thing. That was um, funny. The URL Rata Alada. Um, kind of that just the that how they're thinking about it so deeply and if they would have just thought of it like phonetically they would have been able to figure out the the riddle just just those little things that the riddler did i thought the riddles were good i like how the one that they did spoil it being justice was just a quick one in that scene where what's his name colson or whatever his name is it has the bomb around his neck mm-hmm. which was intense yeah um, i the um the riddles in general I really appreciated because they were like actually they were very solid riddles and I mean I didn't spend too much time in the movie like trying to think up answers of them but they they give you enough that you could reasonably probably find the answers um, yourselves. I am um, what happens to a liar after they die or I, whatever that I was really I said he lies forever or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or he, yeah, he lies forever is the answer I came up with. And it it was he lies still. Mm-hmm. So, like, basically the same thing. So I'll give myself that one. But <laughs> I love how the foreshadowing was the, you know, the carpet tool. I don't know what the official name is. If that wedge that he was using to kill everybody was a significant kind of MacGuffin or whatever you want to call it in the significant item in the movie and in terms of the plot and it was right in front of your face the whole time and it just worked for just the brutality of it he was really a terrifying figure Mm -hmm. and i also love how they made him almost like his he was kind of he had a justifiable sort of quest that he was on now his means about going out going about you know revealing all this corruption and getting rid of this were obviously not the best way to go about it Uh but i love how he was like quote unquote doing a service for gotham city or whatever and how he thought he was totally aligned with batman and how like they captured that sense of riddler's always just disappointed that batman just doesn't get it yeah that (laughs) scene at the end of like no, this is not, wasn't how it was supposed to go. We're like our greatest allies, you know. I I loved that approach. I did and I too. Thought, um, I just I thought they really did a nice job with the Riddler character. Yeah. Now, <laughs> there's another antagonist in this movie, and that would be Carmine Falcone Fal- or Falcone. I I like Falcone. Better. I do. I like Falcone more. Uh, they say Falcone in the movie. Um, Don't they John say Turturro, both? They maybe say both. I feel like they. I feel like different characters say it different ways. But yeah, John Turturro. And, I. Oh, go ahead. I don't know. I. I don't think you. Again, this is where I need to re- rewatch it, because I think part of my gripes with it is that it took away from Riddler time. And I was enjoying Riddler time so much. And I didn't enjoy Carmine Falcone as much. Yeah. And, like, it is ultimately tied to the Riddler stuff, but I don't know if the amount of time we spend with that is, like, justified with, like, the payoff. 
we get with in regards to like how it feeds into the Riddler, like the main Riddler conflict. Um, I mean, like John Turturro, he's he's good as Carmine Falcone. Obviously, Carmine Falcone is a big Batman villain, big mobster guy. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of at a point it gets to be a bit too much. I wouldn't mind if he was in the movie a little bit. But that whole mob angle is in this movie a lot. Yes, a lot. And the they're just going to that the iceberg lounge, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah. I thought was a nice touch. Uh, kind of a throwback to I don't know if that's in the animated series. It's definitely in the Arkham games, the iceberg lounge. I think it might be in the... Yeah, I don't know. It's a big comic thing regardless. Yeah. Um. So I, I that was a nice touch. But they're in there a lot. Um. And I get it, but those were the, just the points that I enjoyed the least, I would say. Yeah. And that's that whole stuff is like, it's those are plot elements from The Long Halloween, which I mentioned to you. And as soon as they mentioned the, the whole um, Carmine Falcone getting saved by Thomas Wayne, I was like, oh, okay, so they're going to be incorporating a lot of plot elements from that. So I guess the Catwoman twist and all of these things, um, it just it didn't seem fully necessary. Like, sure, have Falcone in there maybe to ex- like say that, the Waynes weren't as great as he thought they were or something, but he doesn't need to be in like half the movie like he is, or at least seems to be. Um, and like I said, the payoff to him, in my opinion, wasn't that great because the Riddler just shoots him. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, that's great, I guess. Yeah. I, yeah. I just think, uh, yeah, there wasn't that much payoff with the... I, I didn't feel like the payoff was that great with the Falcone thing either. That's where I'm at with you. I would agree mm-hmm. with the, everything you said there. So, um, other things to mention with the movie. Um, apparently, I'm the only person who thought the car chase was just okay. Because everybody else is like, this is the greatest car chase in any Batman movie. I'm, and I'm like... I'm of the same... I just thought... it. I thought the ones in Batman Begins and The Dark Knight were just better. No, I agree. I, I mean, I, it's more of how it's filmed. I think it, it's kind of the, it's the sense I'm getting is that people like the content of the chase, which I, you know, it. there's some exciting things that happen in the chase, but I just don't think the way that it's directed and filmed makes it interesting, that interesting. Because there's a lot of, like, quick cuts. It's very... this. It's probably the worst lit part of the movie. Like, I was praising the lighting in the movie earlier. And it's hard to see some of the stuff that's happening in this scene. Um, and, yeah, like, the explosion at the end and the bit we see from the trailer is all really cool. That's probably the coolest part of the chase. Um, it's definitely the coolest part of the chase. Yeah. Um... But, I mean, aside from that, it's just fine. Like, I was even seeing, like, Edgar Wright, like, liked it. He said on Twitter, he's like, and obviously he directed Baby Driver, mm-hmm. which is known for the car chases. And he's like, oh, yeah, that was a great car chase. Good job, guys. I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. I just, yeah, I just did not think it was that good. Um, 
I, other than the ending, I just didn't think there was anything that memorable about what happened mm-hmm. and how it was filmed. And like you said, a lot of it was how it was filmed. Um, and so that was that. I just thought that was surprising that everybody else thought that was so good. And ultimately, the purpose of the car chase is, is lame as well because it's this whole kind of wild goose chase they're going on. Because it's kind of it's while they can't figure out the URL thing, <laughs> and so they're chasing down the penguin because he thinks they think he's the rat or whatever, and then it just turns out he's not. And that they went on this whole quest for like nothing. So the fact that this like big exciting action set pieces for essentially no reason. Um, Batman, you know, just killing people in this car or having the, you know, people getting in danger for no reason for this car chase seems just lame. Yeah. I, you just, I don't know. It wasn't really, it didn't, it seemed like it was told more from Penguin's perspective too, which I would have loved to see more Batman in the car doing the stuff. Yeah, I want to know what his Batmobile looks like on the inside because we didn't really get a good sense of that. Um, and just thinking like, I'm just thinking back to like Batman Begins. You have those moments where it's like, they're trying to describe what the Batmobile looks like and he's like, it's a black tank, you know, like, and he's <laughs> flying off the rooftops and he's doing all these things. He's squeezing the, con- like there's so many good little storytelling moments in that scene, you know, turning off all the lights and getting, sneaking away from the, the uh helicopter and also like rachel's poisoned at the same time like all this stuff is going on it's filmed so well you can clearly see what's going on and the same thing dark knight you have people are trying to kill harvey dent batman needs to intervene you have it start with the the uh, the tumbler and then it turns into the the bat pod i just think that uh those are just clearly superior upon just the mm-hmm. one watch of the batman so i'll have to rewatch it but i i just did not understand that argument and it, it's not that the the car chase is not necessarily that bad i think it's fine it's just that the, the car chase and begins and the dark knight are really good it, yeah for me it's just more so that it's it's fine it's nothing exceptional like i mean i've seen worse in movies i've seen better in movies but i all this praise it's getting i just don't understand i will concede it's better than the car chase in saw (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean most are it has to be the worst car chase in cinematic history Uh, just clearly people sitting in a car in a garage with just fog (laughs) And pretending to drive and not going anywhere with awful camera movement. Oh man, that would be that has to be one of the worst car chases. But uh, yeah, you're probably the one right. in the Batman is better. I will concede. Um, other things to talk about here. Um, you um, have a couple moments where it's like Batman's inexperience ties in. The Batmobile fails to start right away. He had just built it. He's got the squirrel suit that he jumps off of. Not sure how I feel about the squirrel suit. Uh, And he crashes and he would have (laughs) died. I did not like that moment personally. I thought, I thought that was was like a, that felt like a Marvel for laughs moment. I, I did. It reminded me of black widow falling down the side of that building in the black widow movie, or she just would clearly be dead. (laughs) Um, 
I did not like I I didn't love the squirrel suit to begin with, and I just didn't love how he just crashes too, because it was such a cool moment. And then it's like, oh, that was didn't expect that to happen. Wasn't that cool? It's like no, it just yeah, kind of took away from the moment. Mm-hmm. Instead of being really yeah. cool Batman thing, it's like no, he hits his head. In some ways, like I know it would take away from the realism and I know, and I, I, I feel bad. I keep comparing it to like the Arkham games and animated series, but I kind of just wish that Batman, you know, could, could just grapple around the city. Like he does in those things. Like I, I it is unrealistic, but at least it wouldn't suck like that. did. Yeah. I, I that's what I wanted to see too. I wish he just would have with that, with his big Cape and just glide yeah, down and, yeah. And that'd be a new thing. Um, I don't know. I just thought that was a moment that was could have been really a cool moment and was a cool moment until they had that thing. And I and I get they're showing that no, he's not a fully experienced Batman. He's only been at it for two years. But also, like, I feel like by the like the Dark Knight happens less than two years into you know Batman, be, you know the Nolan verse. So I feel like he would have an experience at that point. But I. I can see both sides of that. I just would have preferred he just has that figured out at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you want to want to talk about Joker? Yeah, this is really confusing. So Joker's in this movie, and I actually like the interpretation of it for the, the very little we see. I think it's different enough. He seems completely out of his mind. Um. I think there's a room for that interpretation in this universe. I think they could do interesting things with it. But then Matt Reeves came out and said that, oh, I have no idea if he'd ever be in a sequel. I just wanted him in the movie, and I had this other scene where he's in the movie just because I wanted to say that, like, apparently Batman and this Joker have already had some experience, which is weird that they cut out this longer scene with what's-his-name in it. It's like the actor. I don't very. Kogan, Barry, Keegan, something yeah, like something that. Like um, you really don't get to see him that much in this, but it just felt weird to put in there if you're not planning on doing a sequel with him. Yeah, and I, I mean, I understand. Like, I I do want like different villains in this. Maybe like villains we haven't seen before. I think you know that's fun. And I mean, we've seen the Riddler before, but this is a very unique take. And obviously the Joker is the most prolific Batman villain. But I don't know. I mean, I would like to see the Joker in this universe. I don't know. I don't think people are really would be upset if we got another Joker in this universe because people seem to like this movie. And um, obviously he is the most well-known Batman villain. I'd be down to see him in a sequel. I would absolutely be down. Some people have Joker fatigue. I can get that. Same, they complained at the Arkham games too. Too much Joker. I, I can see that argument that you want something different, but also, I mean, he's number one for a reason. He is the most compelling Batman villain. So, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I want to see the Joker. I just think it's weird to put that scene in there if you have no intentions of actually using him in a sequel. Now they very well could, wanna... but Matt Reeves is like. He seems to not have actually intended to do that, or he has. He's just completely undecided. I want to see Matt Reeves attempt to put Clayface in this universe. 
why why that specifically i don't know i just like i think that would be funny because it would be like it's like a villain that would not make sense in this grounded batman universe to just have this super powered shape-shifting you know guy it would be kind of similar with like poison ivy i don't think you could really have either in this universe without it just taking away some of the realism they've already established i'm i would love to see court of owls but i don't know how you do court of owls when you already have done like everything in gotham is corrupt yeah yeah i'm not sure they'll be able to do that very well so we'll see um but yeah, I, I don't know. Other Batman villains that would be cool to see. Scarecrow, but we have gotten a good Scarecrow. Yeah, we've got a good Scarecrow. Um, Clock King. Let's get Clock King up in here. Man Bat. Morbius. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's another one that wouldn't make sense. Man Bat. Um, Mr. Freeze. Yeah, I could see Mr. Freeze be like somehow working. Yeah, some sort of like he's trying to figure out this medicine. He's, I don't know. He's a very tragic character. Human. Yeah. We need a we need a good Mr. Freeze live action. Let's get him up in here. Yeah. Bring back Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> um, other things we should talk about in this spoiler review. Um, I I did find it comical that Penguin did like just waddle like a penguin at one point in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, that was pretty funny. Um I wanted to mention I don't I feel like I'm the only one that feels this way, but I feel I think it's weird that like Selena Kyle moves on to liking Batman so soon after her girlfriend apparently died. Uh, yeah i I see what you're I see what you're saying there. She seems to get over it very quickly for someone yeah, who is obsessed with with the finding this person and making sure she's okay. She just is like. Oh, she's dead, and then she doesn't really freak out or lose anything that I remember. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I. I mean, I can see the chemistry she has with Batman, but it is weird that she does kind of seem to just get over that right away. Yeah, that was that was kind of my biggest gripe with their relationship was i just felt it was kind of weird and i also felt it was weird that like batman was like okay with it he wasn't like i mean i know batman's kind of emotionally detached or whatever maybe he wouldn't understand that nuance but yeah yeah i think uh we should talk about the end of the movie huh before we wrap things oh up. yeah we, we haven't even touched on the climax at all the climax is weird because you really don't have the antagonist in it either of the main antagonists mm-hmm. between Carmine Falcone's already got shot. Mm-hmm. Does he survive? I don't remember. I think he's dead. I think he dies. I think he dies. And the Riddler's in Arkham. So, like, you just have a bunch of faceless, nameless goons who kind of just are standing representatives of the Riddler, and you have the moment where, like, who are you supposed to be? He's like, I'm vengeance. Batman's like, yeah. oh, crap. Oh, no that's what i am (laughs) um but yeah i mean i i also talked to you about this i like the thing i like about that bit is how they realistically like kind of make the you know riddler goon or joker goon trope where there's just these (laughs) these random guys who work for these crazy people they made that seem like like work in a realistic way yeah 
Um, so you did have these Riddler goons essentially, but it made it made sense from a narrative perspective why they were working for him. Yeah, I uh, and like how he's like all these elites and stuff are going to be in this one area because that's the only place they'll be safe and all that. And yeah, I thought I it was a very interesting, terrifying plan. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the moment where Batman hits the fire extinguisher and has the smoke you know or the you know the to conceal him i was like oh that's yeah. right out of the arkham games that's great he gets a uh, just shot a bunch <laughs> and he just takes like adrenaline think, or something okay it was uh, like for a second i was like is that venom oh from like like that bane uses yeah cuz it was like green like that and i was like is that what that's supposed to be? Maybe. I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I was thinking that. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, I'm not yeah. Just <laughs> maybe it is Venom. Maybe they're alluding to Bane in the next one or something. Um Yeah, I I I, I liked the end, but it also just kinda ended. It just seemed it was yeah. a it was a weird ending. I think it lands when it has that uplifting tone at the end that you know instead of just being this symbol of fear i'm going to be this symbol of hope in this city yeah i just don't think that we definitely had point a established and we have point b at the end established with i need to be a symbol like Point A, at the beginning of the movie, he's like, I'm a symbol of fear. I am the shadows. The end of the movie is like, I need to be a beacon of hope. I need to be yeah. like the city's savior. Like in in the, in the the by being a hopeful rather than inspiring fear. But I just didn't think that A, the, the a to B made any, like there wasn't, there was no transition from A to B. I felt like. Yeah, because he is at point A for most of the movie. Um, he... As you said, he's he's trying to be a symbol of fear. He honestly just cares, seems to care more about, you know, getting the bad guy than he does about, like, innocent people's lives. Like, I mean, he's doing it to help people, theoretically, but he doesn't have much regard for people that get hurt in the process, which is, you know, fine. I think that's an interesting place to start Batman at, but it just, he does kind of a 180 during the climax, it seems. I didn't really, I agree, I don't feel like he really... Like it was a natural progression. Yeah, I just didn't. We saw the "I am the shadows, I strike fear" at the beginning of the movie, but I don't know if we saw the "I strike fear" throughout the rest of the movie. It's just like I'm just solving this mystery. And yeah, yeah, but yeah, good point. I don't know. I think he just doesn't. I I need to rewatch it. That's what I'm just saying. I got to rewatch this movie to actually have my full well-rounded opinion of it so the the climax was all like the movie kind of ends abruptly but the climax also does like i just i didn't feel like that scene should have ended when it did i mean i guess it it kind of makes sense how it ends but i it kind of just like the scene changed i was like oh okay we're we're done with that i guess it seemed like there should have been an and one more thing sort of yeah element to it and there wasn't so I was like, oh, guess the danger's over. Yeah. Um, Gotham is 
is totally effed over at the end of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. No kidding. I'm interested to see how they bounce back from that. Um, and, you know, I think that's an interesting angle for this, for, uh, like, to start the next movie at, is, like, they're recovering from that whole disaster. Which is interesting that there has not been a confirmed sequel. Well, I mean, Robert Pattinson signed on for three movies, right? I'm pretty sure that's been confirmed. So even if the movie itself hasn't been confirmed, it's like all but confirmed. You would think so. I just want Matt Reeves to return, I would say. Yeah. Um, I I definitely want to see more from this universe, and I cannot wait. I think they established things so well. There's so much left to explore. This was such a great start. I'm, I want to see more from this character, more from this world, and... Uh, I, I yeah, hope it, they. Uh, it, it, I hope they can just find that nice, tight script and knock it out of the park for the second one. It makes me more hopeful for those spinoff series because now I am like the world itself is so engaging. I'm, I'm more interested in seeing a Gotham PD show in this universe. I don't like. I don't know how it'll play out without Batman, but. I think it could be very interesting, especially if Matt Reeves has any sort of even just overlooking producing role or something. Yeah, we'll see. Anything else? Um, final thoughts, Holden, before we wrap it up. I feel like we're... <laughs> there's so much to this movie. I feel like we're missing something big. Um, maybe not. I, you you kind of mentioned saw traps and non-spoilers and so you have the the weird mouse trap like the rat trap yeah. in this which is very cool but yeah aside from that yeah i think we're good to move on all right holden you'll come around to this movie <laughs> oh wait wait before wait i did i wanted to mention the um jim gordon and batman where <laughs> jim gordon lets batman punch him. oh yeah that was the scene that i talked about non-spoilers that was really good between them i i thought that was so good because you have it's kind of it's kind of a funny scene but it works really well for their their dynamic arc in the movie too but it, them <laughs> it, like jim gordon's trying to intimidate batman or at least it looks that way from the outside but he's really just getting info to Batman. And he's like, oh, punch me. And then later on, yeah. uh, later on, Jim Gordon's like, you could have pulled your punch. <laughs> that really hurt. And Batman's <laughs> like, I did. Um, there are a couple great lines. Yeah, that one, you could have pulled your punch. I did. And the, hey, like when they first go in the orphanage, he's like, no guns. He's like, yeah, man, that's your thing. <laughs> like a terrifying abandoned orphanage that the Riddler is definitely just done something with. (laughs) That was also a good line. Those were like believable little one-liners that I thought really added to it. Yeah, that was great. But yeah, I cannot wait to watch it again, Holden. Yeah. All right. Exciting. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about our next segment. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right, Jimmy. So this week, I think in terms of movies, I really only actually watched one other one, but it's a very exciting one. Last night I watched uh, Fresh on Hulu, 
Have you seen anything about this? I have not heard of this movie. Okay. It's like brand new. Just came out this week, but the trailer kind of is fresh, you could say. Um, But it's a new Hulu movie. The trailer kind of intrigued me. I saw it on like social media, and so I watched it, and I thought it was really good. But I also, I don't know how much I want to say about it, because I feel like this movie is better if you just go in knowing nothing. Because it takes an interesting turn at one point, but I also think the trailer kind of gives it away. I'll just um, watch it then. What? I'll just watch it then. So don't say yeah, anything Yeah, just else. watch it. Um, it stars Sebastian Stan, obviously, who plays Bucky in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Wait, maybe I did see a trailer for this. Fresh. 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 Yeah, the trailer has him doing a lot of dancing. Maybe you saw him dancing around. I don't know. I saw a trailer for something with Sebastian Stan. Yeah, he's in that. He's also in a mini series on Hulu. I know, so he's on two things on Hulu right now. But um, yeah, this and then it stars. I think Daisy Edgar Jones, who I was not familiar. I think she's fairly new actress, um, but very very good. Recommended. So it's a type of a little thriller movie that's what i'll say about it nice um but yeah and then in terms of tv um just been watching adventure time really enjoying that um yeah oh i okay so one thing i watched on hbo max that i keep forgetting to talk to every week i'll use this week since i haven't really don't have a ton to talk about uh smiling friends uh, it's this animated show uh, that was on Adult Swim. Apparently, all of the episodes dropped in one night, but it kind of became an, like an internet sensation. Seen a lot of memes about it, and it all dropped on on HBO Max earlier in February. Um, eight episodes, like eleven minutes each, so you can watch it in like under an hour and a half. Um, it is so. It's really funny. <laughs> this show. It is very bizarre. It is it is absurd humor at its finest. If you don't like humor that doesn't make any sense, then you probably won't like this. Um, but I, it is one of the funnier shows I've seen recently. I hmm. highly recommend it. Um, also got renewed for season two because of how popular it's been. So very excited for that. Um, and then in terms of games, uh, I am almost done and platinumed with Ratchet and Clank. It is not <laughs> not that long. But I am very, very much enjoying it. I spent a lot of yesterday playing it. And the Platinum Trophy is not very difficult to get, so it'll probably only be an extra hour or two onto my normal adventure playtime. But, yeah, enjoying that a lot. I'll probably... I don't know what I'll go on to play next, considering Kingdom Hearts 2. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, what about what about you, Jimmy? Uh, first off... I finished the Ghost of Tsushima expansion, Icky Island. Ooh, how was it? It was good. It was good. I think, um, interestingly enough, I think the storyline for the this expansion makes sense to do a movie about. Okay. If they're going to do the movie, I would just use this storyline. It's not as interesting or as good, I would say, as the storyline of the main game, but I do think it's something that's contained enough that you could tell within the the scope of a movie okay so cool we'll be i i don't think they'll use that storyline but who knows um 
yeah, I mean, I just, I've clocked about like 72 hours now total on that game. So good. The nice. combat, excellent. I love it. Holden, you need to play it. I will. I will. Got to get on it. Eventually. Let's go. <laughs> um, I have not started another game after that. I'm thinking about Horizon. We'll see. But, uh, yeah. Um, and then what I did is that I started rewatching Better Call Saul, Holden. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I started that this week, right? Yeah, you told you talked to me about it at one, earlier in the week. Yeah, and I was just saying, like, even after just rewatching the first episode, like, there's so many just great little storytelling moments uh, in in the pilot itself that it's like, oh my gosh, this show is just so good, um, and it's a show that gets better as it goes on too. So. Yeah, I'm excited to rewatch that because the the uh, final season starts April 18th or something. So I'm like, holy smokes, I got to get on it. So I've been watching quite a few episodes lately, um, okay. trying to cram it in before the the next season comes out. But they're uh, splitting that like, in two, right? Yeah, to I guess it's to be nominated for both years of Emmys. I guess is the point of that. Which mm. okay, fine. <laughs> um. But I don't think there's going to be that big of a gap because the first half first half is like April. Yeah, and then the Emmys are in like September or something. So just yeah, do it. And like, then the ooh. second half is like late June is going to come out. So I don't know. I don't think there's going to be that big of a gap in the middle of the season. But I'm excited. Um, and I think I've watched a little Ted Lasso too. But uh, otherwise, that's it, I think, Holden. Okay. I also, I, I forgot I wanted to mention, I played the demo uh, for the new Kirby game that's coming out that I had on my most anticipated games, and it is very good, so... There we go. Excited. Um, yeah, uh, but if you... What are we doing next week? What are we doing next week? Uh, Turning Red, the new Pixar movie <laughs> on uh, Disney+. Plus. Um, so check that out hoping it's good looks very it looks interesting so we'll see maybe we'll watch the adam project too yeah yeah we'll see that's we'll coming see. out on netflix um <laughs> same guy who did free guy so <laughs> we'll yeah. see oh for one um on that one movie podcast uh, but yeah, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by emailing us at tompodcast at gmail.com or donating to our Patreon. Um, yeah, Jimmy, I think that's it from me. Got anything? That's it from me holding that turning red Pixar movie sneaking up on us. Yeah. Excited. Love a I new Pixar just, movie. They're dropping it on Disney Plus, right? Yeah. That's a shame. We'll see it, <laughs> and we'll review it, and it's on Disney+. Plus. You have Disney+. Plus, Probably. Just use Holden's account. Um, yep. In the meantime, adios pantalones. Love you. That one movie podcast.